So you want to be a witch. I'm Mikhail Moonstrung. Delphi to create y'all. And building on the running answer to this question, we are here again for episode three. Now, we left you last time having talked about some very important skill sets, some very important steps that we wanted you to be working on as far as your training to witchdom, your training to witchery and witchhood, and to be the wandering one, to be the crazy one, be the wild one, the one who's making the dishes that your neighbors are definitely questioning Mm -hmm. if they're going to eat. The wise one, the one that says all the crazy shit that you never would expect. Uh, All of a sudden you wake up one day like, listen to me, listen to what I got to say. Feel what I feel, feel my vibe, and you'll feel the changes come through subtly at first, but then they'll come through, and you'll move, and you'll breathe, you'll speak, and it'll just touch everyone, and it's the most sublime thing. Happy hump day, by the way. Happy hump day! Welcome to Wednesday, we got a lot to say. Aujourd'hui c'est mahrabe, today is the day of the wanderer. So, today's episode, in episode three, what we're going to be building on is we're going to be getting into the broom closet. We're going to be start pulling, we're going to be pulling out the crap of our craft and why we're using it. What does it look like? What are we going to consider some of the foundational skills, the foundational marks of a witch? One, to keep you safe. Two, so that way you actually know what the fuck you're doing. So you have a sense on what you're doing and you're getting the results that match that because the best part about this system of teaching the best part about this system of of in some cases faith and belief and but practice is that it one it is it, it does require practice but two it's testable we want to compare we're going to compare this to the scientific method except we have a higher rate of, of success we have a higher crit- critique and requirement for something to be deemed a success so when we get into this we're going to be talking about your witching toolbox, the witching basics. Yeah, absolutely. And this is something that you really want to pay attention to because like you said, it can get real dangerous when you start waving your wand. You know, careful where you wave your wand, you'll end up with like a, a magical herpy and we don't have time for that. We want to be safe. We want to be very wary of the things that we speak into our world, into our lives because it won't just touch you. It'll touch everyone that you touch. Every word that you say will touch every ear. So having these tools in your arsenal, understanding why they are there, why they exist, why they matter, how to get there, this will set you up for success rather than you going around trying to Sabrina your way through the world as that will not work, trust me. I have tried and I have failed. I have summoned shit into this world that has followed me to this day, so please be careful, people. Couldn't I couldn't agree and emphasize with Delphi anymore. It's 110% critical. So, so consider this, yo, talk about the witching bats and banshees. This is our wrap up your wands, sheathe your blades, <laughs> cap your cups, and throw your pentacle on the ground. We're going we gonna to be level. We're going to be grounded. So, let's jump into that. The content for this episode is sponsored by not giving a damn about where anybody else is at. While it is important to look at where those authors of the crazy cool books that maybe brought you here were at when they went on their journey, hell, we're Delphi and I are in hours where we are going when you look at your parents or the people that you've known your whole life when you see the way everybody else goes i don't want you to look at where they're going and compare where you are at i want you to remove all other points of reference and just consider you so don't consider the progress we've made the spells that you're going to hear about us talk about our magical experiences i want you to hear about them and go okay that's theirs and then begin your own 
don't ever take anything we say on, I mean, as face value. I want you to question everything except nothing. So test it. Test, test, test. Make it your own. Think about it yourself. Take these ideas and make them your own. Absolutely. And I, with my lovely, beautiful, brave witches and bitches, I want to need you to take what he just said, put it in your pocket, put it in your safe, put it in your panty drawer, put it everywhere where you will go to the most because you need to hear that. That's something that I struggled with for a long time was the compare and contrast game. It's dangerous to play. It'll only hold you back if you look at anyone else and think, I want to be there. I want to be in this position or that position. I want to grasp this world. No, turn your thoughts should always turn inward and upward every single time. Please hear that word. Please. Now, that being said, we are going to look to say that everybody learns differently and it's easy to to categorize different methods or styles to learning. And that's kind of how we're going to break this down. So a part of our witching basics, I want to just talk about systems of divinity, meaning these are going to be these are going to be the ways that we are going to be learning from nature, but learning about the mystery of all learning about the mystery of the world of that divine cosmic mind as we get into this journey i want to talk about two of these different kinds of systems that people use to get one way or the other to arrive at the next step for them so in my path like many i started out as a good old christian boy yes yes i did i was i was baptist i'd be making my grandma not so happy right now (laughs) praise (laughs) jesus We need an anointing. All right. Well, before we get too terribly much into the Southern Baptist satire, that was where I started. Same here. Absolutely. It was very, very, it wasn't very up, down, sing this hymn. No, it was moving. It was jumping. It was singing. It was dancing. But it still had moments whenever you were constrained, whenever you were bound in a certain way. So it's it's very dogmatic, very principled, very structured. So we're going to take that path. We're going to take a path that is very common to most of us most of us here in the Bible Belt, but likewise in this region. And that's what we're going to call the religious path. This is the path that is based off of something that's already been written, that's already formed, that there there's a religious dogma around, that there is a system present, active. Like there's if there's a rule book for it, that's a kind of a good indication if you're on a spiritual path. Now, if this is a system that works really well with you, Pay attention to that. Note, if you love the way you felt in church, when you felt the spirit, when you moved in and they start singing and moving, if that feels great to you, you don't have to leave that to take on a new dynamic to your journey, to your path. You can still experience something new, your own kind of mysticism, and still remain within your comfort, within your path. Likewise, if that's where you're coming from, you never have to go back again. You can go immediately into the, the highly pagan feeling ritual or the, that, this is my own path. I'm going to take it and make it because it's mine. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Yes. And you can move in any direction that you so please. So if you feel one day waking up like, you know what? I'm not going to read this Bible verse today. I'm not going to read this book today. I'm just going to go out there and just shake my naked ass in the woods and just be free and just experience my Godhead in that way, experience the light mm. and love in that way. Mm. Then you wake up the next day like, okay, let me put my Sunday best on. Let me get sat down. Let me stand up, sit back down, stand up, sing this song, sit back down. If you, however you want to approach it on any given day, his one thing that you want to consider is that flame inside you. It will never stay the same on any given day, any given moment. It'll, it'll burst out of you some days. It'll, it'll be nice and quiet other days. So whatever you feel in the moment, don't feel like you have to stick to just one thing or one way of being and one way of loving is it's never the same. You are everything. And that's a good basis. 
Now, understanding that there is that written, that there is, there is that formed path that also tells us, because we go in one way and the other, that there also means that there's a path that has no form, that's yet to be made, that you are forging right now as you're listening to this, as you are starting, this is your path. <clears throat> now, this is a path that, in my opinion, I think is growing a lot more common right now. I, I feel like the eclectic path, as we're going to call it, or the path of free form, I'm going to choose whatever the fuck works for me, and I'm going to make that mine. I feel like that path, I see that a lot more now, both in media, but in my, in my friends and the groups that I see and the, the magical gatherings, I see a lot more of this eclectic, I'm not a Wiccan, I'm not a X, Y, or Z, I'm not a, I'm a me. It's, it's me-ism, it's Brenda-ism, it's, it's this divine space of, I am exactly what I need to be, and if, if you can get that, cool, but I don't actually need to explain it to you. I'm not in a box, I'm beyond the box, you know what I mean? Exactly, and that's, that's kind of where I've, I find myself these days, and I find some folks that I've been able to talk to about this on a certain level, that <clears throat> if you feel called to certain realms or certain mythologies, certain texts, certain contexts, that's okay, but don't feel like you have to just stick to one thing. It's, I think we were discussing this, um, Mikhail and I, the other day, and he talked about how you can have your, your legs in one realm. So as you're forming this new sense of self, your legs can be in Africa, in Egypt, in the face there. Your torso can be in Greece. Your arms can be in the east. Your head can be the, your own your own set of mythologies, whatever you feel in your heart as you look back upon yourself and look forward. Don't, don't sell yourself short by constraining yourself in any one realm. Give yourself room to breathe and let it happen naturally. Don't try to force it. And likewise, you know, to, to be both dev, devil's advocate, but to say we've got our type A and our type B through Z and all, all of the other types. If you step into a mythology, if you start reading the, the story of the Greeks, the dance of the gods, or like in my particular case, like I'm going to be honest with y'all, I am a, I'm, I'm a white man. I'm, I'm, I'm bright. I glow at night. Like, if I trip and something snaps, you know where I am because there's just, yeah, radiating neon. You know, it's, but my, my spirit, my, my home, what I would call a, a, what was a foundational part of my faith and my spiritual practices, I grew it in my, in my youth to my, to my adolescence to adulthood, is Voudon. It is based in Africa. It's based on the invocation of spirits that are, that, that are, that are, a lot older than me, but come from a different cultural heritage than me. And while going into that space, I, I'm not saying that I've run into my, you know, my race hasn't had shit to do with my practice. And I think that's definitely been a clear thing. You know, I was, there was nothing that was going to define me. But when I stepped into that, that was because that's where I felt. That's where I felt mm -hmm. my spirit. That's where I felt my space. So it didn't matter what I looked like here. Mm -hmm. You can be whoever you want to be. If you step into your ritual and you can, you, I'm high priestess now. No matter how big it's swinging or hanging, mm -hmm. you can be whatever invocated form you're called to be. And that's huge as we get into this one. There ain't no one path for anybody, but your path for you. So remember that. Focus on that as we're talking. Yes. Just be open to whatever experience you're called to have. So uh, granted, you, you hear this baritone, you hear this good old sweet second alto, but I, I work a lot with feminine spirits, with female spirits. Um, my Loa, they, they come through and it doesn't matter. I could be at my office, at my desk, and all of a sudden I feel her come. And I, I sit there and I just crave all the sweets, all the wine. So whatever you feel called to, whether it's, like we talked about the Greeks, um, male incarnation, female spirits, goddesses, gods, however you want to characterize it, just feel it. Let it be what it is. If you try to hold it back, it'll burst out. So understanding where you're coming from in the heart will help you whenever you try to, whenever you contextualize it in the way we're about to when it comes to your tools. Now, speaking of your bag of tools, as we get into this, 
the very first tool that we're going to be using is we're going to talk about some very simple symbols, symbols that you've seen your whole life. They they go back to that very first kid's toy, the very first things you learned in kindergarten and the first mm-hmm. grade, right? So break out a pen, a piece of paper. Go it's grab Crayolas. That's right. We're about to get illustrative. Mm-hmm. So to start, if you don't got nothing to write doodle or diddle with, close your eyes be working in your mind. I want you to get into that deep space. I want you to get into that. All right. I'm I'm going to be I'm going to be seeing what he's saying. So, when you find yourself there after a few deep breaths or a long hit, whatever you need, <laughs> get ready to draw. Now, the very first symbol, the very first lesson, the very first thing that I'm going to call textbook which it's the circle. So I want you to draw it on a piece of paper to the best of your ability because one, very few people can actually draw a decent circle. But two, if it's in your mind, then make that bitch pretty. Make it round and perfect and see that circle really clear in front of you. Now I'm going to ask you a few questions. Looking at the circle, one, first things first, I want you to tell me where it starts. Where does it end? Looking at this shape, where is its beginning found? Where is its end made clear? The reason this is the first symbol that we're working with is because this is going to be our symbol that, that refers to God, that refers to the divinity, that refers to the goddess, that refers to, well, one, like the circle, everything. This is, the, this is the, the natural cycle that is the thing without end. Even when our planet ends, that cycle doesn't end. It is the infinite. It is that with, the, which is without angle or degree. It is perfect in its mark. 360 degrees all the way around. It's perfect. This is the circle I want you to see. It encapsulates everything. Even just thinking about it gives me chills. I mean, think about a circle. It, like he like he just said, it begins everywhere and nowhere. It's the perfect balance for cosmic forces, like cosmic entities, cosmic bodies. They all collapse into that shape. It's the most stable. It's the most formed. It's the most common as scales of that nature. So think about that as you as you begin your visualization or you got your Rosarts out, you're drawing your circle. Think about why it's important. Think about those questions. Now, the next thing that I want you to do is I want you to take and write your name or see your name going all the way around the perimeter of this circle. I want you to see your name written. And, and, you know, obviously if your name ain't long enough, just keep it going, repeat it. But I want you to see your name going all the way around that circle or make it the circle itself, but see your name there. The reason I want you to see this is because you are that circle. You really have been here since the very beginning without end going in cycle, going in revolution, going in rhythm to no end, but to all ends to infinite cycle to the entirety of the journey to the thing that can't be distinguished you are that circle you are this space and when it comes to magic when it comes to being a witch what it means is understanding that that's the first lesson that nature is here to teach you that's got to say to you is that you don't end you have no beginning because you've always been you have no end because you always will be this circle is your first magical lesson now, in when we're, we're going to break out, we're going to talk a little bit more about our circle. When we talk about your typical witch, which is that one who is wise, but when we delve into the magical practitioner, that wielder of those cosmic forces, the circle is your safety net. 
when you're doing anything at all, if it's meditation, if it's mantras, if it's healing, if it's deep journeying or invocation, evocation, insert all the lovely magical crap above. I want you to be understanding, and one, I want you to be doing it within a circle, but I want you to understand this circle, understand your circle. In classic Wicca teaching, in classic pagan teaching, there's something that we call casting a circle. Well, just like you've done on your piece of paper, just like you've envisioned in your mind right now, you've casted a circle, you've created a circle. When you cast a circle in spellcraft, you are separating your space from all other space. You are creating a realm, a world, a plane of dimension. You are creating a space outside of space, outside of time that belongs to you. In this space, you need to be the only one who's got their hands in this cookie pot. You need to be the only one who's working on this recipe. And your circle is your way of limiting that. So that that way, all of those natural pressures, those natural cycles that are not a part of your circle, not a part of your working, aren't going to influence it or be present there where you're not allowing them to come in. Just like in science, just like in our experiments, it's all about how well you can control the variables and judge their change over time, judge their reaction to the catalyst that you're bringing into it. Magic is just the same way. You need to pull variables away. You need to strip out all the stuff that isn't necessary to where you're at and focus on what is. And so we use that circle because it is a, it is a shape without end. It is a space that defines an infinite cycle, a revolving space. This is the centrifuge of our, our workshop. This is what allows us to keep everything going so we don't lose it. This is the bowl that we got our pasta in. Savvy? Exactly. So whenever you consider the circle and why you cast it and the intention behind it from like an external standpoint, think about it in terms of you too. So whenever you cast it, whenever you raise that space, you are that circle. So feel yourself as you cast it. And we'll get more into that a little bit in detail later on and how we are, how we do that, how we get to that point. But as you, as you cast your space, just feel it, leave you, feel it, surround you, protect you. That's what it's there for to empower you, to give you what you need to do your work. So when it comes to the circle, recognizing the difference between believing and knowing, we talked about this earlier too, is really, really important. Is that That's what makes your circle the most stable, where nothing can touch it, nothing can penetrate it, nothing can influence it. Is as you do your work, as you get into higher and higher magics, you will need that. You will need to have that reaffirmed space where you can't be infiltrated by anything, including yourself. And you're remembering that the thing that makes your circle powerful is that it's a circle. It's a space that doesn't end. You know, where two things meet, that's where there's collision. That's where there's friction. That's where there's form meeting the formless. In some cases, there's destruction. Likewise, that's also where there's creation. But you want to be working in, the, in this space that has no collision. You need, you need that solid state drive. And your circle is going to be a form that is going to help take you there. It's the first form in nature. It's that first form when you look at the sun, when you look at our planets, God, the fucking circles everywhere. See, it's our cells. You see the circle everywhere throughout nature, and it was the first symbol used by man to exemplify God. So we're going to bring that into our teachings here. Now, again, before the end of this, we're going to give you your rituals. We'll tell you how to, we will show you how to cast a circle, but you've already done it. You've drawn it on that piece of paper. You've seen it in your mind. To bring it around you, just put yourself in the middle. Make yourself the center of your galaxy as you cast that orbit of planets around you, as you cast that light and that radiant energy that goes from you emanating outward. Now, your circle doesn't have to be anything that is this 
big, awe-inspiring, lit by fire and burning gasoline. Mm, like, like a moment. No, it's, it's not about the showmanship. It's about the feeling. And as you get more into it, you'll feel it. You'll just know. And that's the thing with magic is it's not flashbangs. I mean, granted, it, it very well can oh, be. Yeah. And, <laughs> but generally speaking, when it comes to this level and, and the, sim- like the simpler spaces, it's very, very subtle. It's very quiet. You, it doesn't mean you can't hear it. It doesn't mean you can't feel it, but it's very quiet. It's not instantaneous. You just have to feel it and let it go and let it be naturally. This is why I remember our first lessons are about being quiet. In our last episode was about meditation, about listening. And so that's why, you know, the witch is wise because they can listen to the quiet whispers, to the quiet sounds that everybody else keeps ignoring. Now, we've talked about the circle. Hold on to that. I want you to remember that space around you. But we need to go deeper. We need to get into this, this, this next shape. Now, in nature, Delphi Ducree, do tell me, what is the strongest shape? The strongest shape, to my mind, the most solid shape that can maintain form, triangle. I definitely agree. Uh, I think that, that that is standing, again, in nature. That's where we're using as our teacher here. The triangle is the second shape that I want you to be stitching and drawn in. Not just any triangle, but a perfect triangle, an equilateral triangle, where all angles are balanced, 33 degrees in each space. It's probably wrong, but... 33.3, 40, 30, whatever, 45 seven, degrees, something, yeah, something whatever like it that. is, the right angles, <laughs> not right angles, that's not the right one I meant, but see your triangle, see it perfect, see all equal sides. This perfect triangle, we're, let's, I want you to really be looking at it, because we're going to break this down. Again, we saw that that circle was a space without end, but when you look at your triangle, I want you to see how it is a singular point that radiates perfectly out into two dimensions, into two other points that are linked and bound just as perfectly as the first. Now, this is definitely a very romantic and poetic approach to a triangle, but it's very true. When we look at the divinity, when we look at God as we're going to understand it, as we're going to find it in nature, what we find is that there is a universal form that separates itself out into poles into different sides. You've got hot and cold, but hot and cold aren't separate. They're temperature. They represent either end of temperature. And this triangle shows the same thing. We've got the point at the top radiating down to the base at the bottom. Even if you invert it, the same story goes. It's only the direction that changes. And they want to consider why the triangle is a shape that is a separation into two poles. And even if there, it's a separation into two poles, they're still linked, they're still contained in that all consideration. There's no, there's nothing that exists outside of it. It's constrained, it's perfect, it's beautiful, it's a dance going from perfect unity to perfect balance. But it's all still all one and the same. Even when you think about degrees of being, degrees of temperature, degrees of right, wrong, left, right, man, woman, it's still all one and the same. It just adds a layer of complexity, a layer of dimension to it. That's absolutely correct. In fact, building on that point of the all, that shape remains. You, even if going from a singularity as you divide yourself out into your sides, you got your masculine and feminine. You got your pretty side and your ugly side. You got your happy and angry. However you're working this out, every point, even the dualities, are still a singularity that is expressed in two forms, above and below, outward and within each one of these things. So the triangle is a very mysterious shape because it tells us so much about the way that 
God works, the way that magic works, the way that divinity and light moves. Even when you see light come in as it is refracted through those angles, you see the, the mystery and the majesty of that shape of that triangle. Now, this is a really easy one where I get to roll back to, 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 to my, my parent faith, right? We're going to open up that Bible. Mm-hmm. Let's see. The Bible describes God as a holy trinity, which is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, in the Wiccan faith, there is the goddess, and she's typified by the lady, or the maiden, the lady, the crone. Yeah. So you've got young, you've got youth. You've got the prime of life, and you have the end of life. So three gets typified in a very grand archetype way across all different kinds of faith, pretty universally, if you look at the story that's being told. Mm-hmm. If we take go back to the Christian space, which is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you've got the Father, you got Big G, you got God who's everything, right? This is Alpha and Omega, the thing that, the one, the, the, the creative force of everything. Well, then the next form you're given is, if, is the Father, the Son, well, Jesus was man. He was flesh. He was very much like us. Mm-hmm. This is the form of God that takes on the living experience of that part, that chapter, that place in evolution and light in the journey. That is where God takes the individual, the independent, the very personal approach to it, which is living it. That's you right now. Mm-hmm. We talked about you were the beginning and end, the alpha and omega of your own space. You, never, you have always been and you never will not be. Likewise, you represent that living God. You represent that Christ consciousness. The third form of God is represented in the Christian mythology is the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is only really ever given one form throughout the Bible, and that's fire. It's given it, you know, the Holy Spirit represented as this divine burning flame. Now, the Holy Spirit is said that it dwells in within every one of us. So likewise, when you look at this, this form of divinity, this form of life, this form of God, what we're finding is that it is one that is formless. It cannot be cut. It cannot be hurt. It cannot be wounded. In fact, it is immortal. And the Bible says, John 3, 16, uh, whoever, has, whoever believes in God won't perish. They, they, they refer and they say that that faith, the presence of that energy is an all-pervading and preserving one. It's the stoking of that flame is what keeps you closest to God where nothing can touch you, where nothing can harm you, if you want to think about it in that way. So we're, we're, we can even branch out of that and go into the pagan faith, go into the Wiccan teaching of we're all bound to this reincarnative cycle. We don't ever stop. We go back into the same body that we came, not body, but the same form, the same cycle that we are a part of and came, came from. And so when we look at the triangle, it is a definition of the mystery to God, the form where God suddenly becomes interlocking in his singularity, in the oneness, in the, in the, the apparent monotheism of God. And then there's at the same time, the duality, the polytheism, the divinity, the, the distinction, the separation of the different parts of God as we can understand that energy, that space, that, that all. Absolutely. So we've got the circle, which again, again, you're going to see this running trend, and we're talking about we're talking about God. We're talking about energy because this is that pervading consciousness, that wisdom that we are knowing as those of the wise, those witches. But when we go on, this next shape that comes with us into this form, into this place, is a square. Now, Delphi Ducree, why the square? So when you consider the square, that again is. Consider it in terms of what you learned in geometry classes. Go back to school, y'all. So you had your point, that's zero dimensions. You have your line, that's one. You have your your 
your plane, that's two. You have your, then you have 3D, you add another dimension. It's, it's something along those same lines. So as we, we traverse into the square territory, we're adding in and considering the four quarters, the four corners. Four is extremely critical when it comes to anything pagan related. So think about quarters, think about four. So what is the first thing that comes to your mind? Especially in this area, fire, water, earth, and air. So why do these things matter? So when you think about what God was for us in our most fundamental in our earliest days, it was the breath that you took, the water that you drank, the fire that cooked your food, the earth in which you stood. God was all around you and everything. So taking that and transposing into this area, into this world, it's more complicated when you think about it in terms of muggledom and mugglehood and the periodic table and all this. But if you consider why the four matters, that's the foundation for everything. You're 100% correct. When we look at four, four is effect. That's the next step, right? So we, as we've talked about, you've got God who is one. That's our circle. It has no, it has not just not, not one side, but it is all sides, right? So we've got one that divides itself from one into two separate points as we see the triangle that singularity moves out and into duality and then it gives us this ability to understand god in 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 distinct separate forms but in looking at each separate form which would be the understanding of the divine consciousness as an overarching creative thing or entity god big g this is the alpha omega there's one You've got the independent, living, personal, very living God. This is God in the flesh. This is the spirit of energy that dwells within us. And we went on, there's, there's that innate quiet passion. There's that, that, that quiet divinity that cannot be touched, but has no form, but remains always in all forms. There's three. But as we've looked at it, there is the entirety of everything. There is that perfect, there's the triangle itself. When you look at it, that shape is still one shape. Theirs are where our fourth form of God sets in. That's where that fourth understanding and perception of intelligence arises. And that is the harmonized understanding that form has of God, which is that it is the unity of these things in perfect harmony, that quiet whispering God through the form of God into the all-encompassing unknown of God. All of them together create, the, the, create four. They take us from one to two, to three, then rest us at four, where we are now looking at form itself. Now, the square itself is a symbol that we're always preferring, in this case, to consider it perfect. All of the angles are perfect. Everything is in perfect balance balance and harmony. And within us, when we look at our world, we look at the things that are in harmony in our body, in harmony in our world, in our galaxy. That's fire, water, earth, and air. We're all very familiar with these elements, but understanding where they came into our realm, where they came into our understanding and our mind in a symbolized or typified way is where the mystery and the magic of the square occurs. Now, again, in pagan teachings, there's another ritual or step that's called calling the quarters. Now, calling the quarters is effectively a reference to the needed form in order to make something exist. When we look into our world, we found that existence was based in four dimensions. Mm -hmm. It was based in four conceptions. In a fire, right, that is representing heat. That is the reactive energy. That is how everything in nature, everything in the world, there's heat, friction. It's all vibrating. It's all moving. There's fire. It's got to be there. If you take that away, you take away that movement, life 
isn't present. If you look at the rock, the only place life is found within the rock is either if it is ingested into the magma, the heat, the friction of the earth, or it has become so still that there's life growing upon it because it is foundational. So everything in our four elements must be in balance for there to be form created. If water, you take water and you remove the necessary heat for life to be present, or you remove the necessary minerals for life to grow, you remove the respiration and the oxygen necessary for that life to continue. It doesn't exist. Life doesn't exist. So when we talk about four and the mystery of the square and the triangle and the circle and all of these other very abstract things, we're building to this running thing of saying, how the fuck do you make something? How do you create life? How do you create will? How do you take a thought in your mind in a single dimension and make it into a space of all dimensions and recognition where you can feel it within this dimension? Exactly. So whenever you think about the circle, you think about that encompassing all, you think about God in its most perfect divine balanced form, and you add another dimension to it, you, you come to the triangle, that's whenever you see the split into the dual nature, the, the masculine, the feminine, the hot and the cold, but all existing one and the same, add another layer of complexity to it, and it gives it flesh, it gives it form that we can understand it. So understanding all of that in all that way, and then that, dis that dissension of that flame of that light, will give you the tools that you need that you can wield that will allow you to move in ways that you can never have imagined before. So I know we've gone over a lot in this and there's been a lot of deep conversations. There's been a lot of big thoughts. So one, take some time, slow down, pause this, back out. Take a breath, have a smoke, have a snack, have a drink. Right, munch down, munch out, <laughs> relax. And listen to this again. Listen to these words again because we've gone over some pretty big and some deep stuff. But at the same time, if you're feeling it, you're feeling that heat, you're, you're driving into it, then the next step is right before you. The next step is, okay, understanding all these things, how do you put them together? So stay tuned, witches. That's absolutely right. I'm Mikhail Moonstrung. And Delphi Ducrete. And that is going to wrap up this part of our podcast. We're going to break into our favorite part where we get to do our thing. We're going to do this every podcast, and that's when we're going to enter into our own ritual, our own happy little sp space of prayer, of energy, and of light. And with that, folks, have a wonderful, wonderful night. Good night. Oh, holy mother below and father above. We raise now within this space the holy love, the holy light, the holy fire that has continued, that has brought this podcast, brought this dimension and this avenue for your light to flow. We thank you for this. And likewise, we raise the words that we have raised here together and we raise them outward, emanating from this point outward to those who need it, out to those who have ears to hear it and eyes to see it. Holy Father, Almighty Mother, we feel your love. It's ever-pervading in all the words and all of our ways. I'm so proud of the work that we've done. In your name, in your glorious name, we feel your light, your love, your affirmation. And as we touch lives, may they continue to touch others and others. And all the love that we have to give to the world and to each other, may it pervade and continue. Allow these words to be made as they are to be formed. Do not allow them to come from us and by us in our own understanding, but allow them to be inspired by the understanding that is uniquely given to all of us, given to the perfection of perspective in its variance. And may all of these words and all of these ways and all of these advices and countenances be found well, as for they, they are meant well, they're met with love and light and truth. But truth can vary to, per, to person to person, 
the path can vary to person to person. May all of it be found well and beautifully so and enacted as it is intended through you and only through you. O Father above and deep mother below, continue to guide us and allow those who are called to be heard. Allow those who have found no voice to speak. Brothers and sisters, it's time to wake up. We call all this in the name of the Father and the Mother. So mote it be. So mote it be.